0: Welcome! This sermon podcast is a production of Refresh Community Church, where Dr. Carlos Smith is our lead pastor. Our vision is to see our hearts refreshed by Christ's presence, our relationships renewed for Christ's purpose, our lives rebuilt by Christ's power, and our communities restored by Christ's people. We pray that you are blessed by today's message, and we look forward to seeing you in person soon.
1: That's going on here. It's a great time. Amen. Amen. Good morning, family. How's everybody doing? Good, good. It's good to see you all here this morning, especially it's back-to-back weeks. Y'all decided to come in person, and it's like single digits out there. Y'all really want some Jesus today. Come on. That's all right. Geese over hand. Come on. Jesus is good. Jesus is good. So it is a pleasure to be here before you all this morning, whether you are here in person or you're tuning in via our live stream, thank you for being part of Refresh Community Church this Sunday. My name is Pastor Jonathan Francois. I am one of the pastors here at Refresh Community Church. And here at Refresh, our vision is to see our hearts refreshed, renewed, rebuilt, and restored by the power and presence of Jesus. If this is your first time joining us here this calendar year, We have kicked things off by diving into a series called Relentless, our passionate pursuit of Jesus. We're walking, we're taking this journey walking through various means of pursuing Jesus in our lives as believers. And we started off a couple weeks ago with Pastor Carlos talking about pursuing Jesus through prayer. And then last week, Pastor Bryce talked about pursuing Jesus through his word. Today, we're gonna spend some time on the next spiritual discipline. Fasting. Fasting. All right, so I'm going to ask that you stand in honor of God's word as I read our main passage here for today. Our main passage is coming out of the book of Esther, chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. So I'll give you all a moment there to turn to, you, to that passage. Pull out your device, open up your Bible app. And if you don't want to do either of those, the text is going to be on the screen as well. So Esther chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. I'll read that here, and then I'll pray for our time. And they told Mordecai what Esther had said. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, "'Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place.' and did everything as Esther had ordered him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this morning bringing us here to spend some time getting closer to you, God, to see more about what you have to say in your word. And God, to talk about a spiritual discipline, Lord. I pray that hearts are softened and ears are ready to listen, that you hide me behind your cross and allow your people to receive your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Again, you may be seated. Today, as part of our Relentless series, we're going to talk about pursuing Jesus through fasting. Pursuing Jesus through fasting. Fasting may be one of the tougher spiritual disciplines, especially for us in the Western world, because we have everything at our fingertips. Food, clothing, entertainment, you name it. If you want it, you got access to it. Right now, if you wanted to, you could tune me out entirely for the rest of this service and just scroll on your phone the entire time. We are not used to withholding or depriving ourselves of things we want or desire, whether it's simple or luxurious, for the sake of something else. Not if it isn't a requirement to continue to live on a daily basis. Fasting can be simply defined as abstaining from all food. This may seem odd or abnormal to us now, but in biblical times, this was a common practice amongst those who followed the Lord. In the midst of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we see in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, that Jesus, when speaking specifically about fasting, started off by saying, And when you fast, which indicates that fasting was occurring on, in some sort of regular fashion. It's important to note that there's biblical fasting, and then there's fasting that's not tied to the Bible at all. A really popular reason to fast is to help your body combat physical ailments that you may have, or you may choose to do something like intermittent fasting to assist with uh, weight loss and fitness. While these types of fasting and others are good things, the focus Of fasting that we're talking about today is a type of fasting that helps our relentless pursuit of Jesus and helps us to look more like Him. Today, I want to focus on four things related to fasting that we can see in the text. I'll put them in the form of questions. First, why does fasting matter? Second, what prompts you to fast? Third, when do you fast? And fourth, how do you fast? To our first question, why does fasting matter? Fasting matters because it pushes you closer to God. I want to start off here with a quote from John Piper in his book called A Hunger for God, Desiring God Through Fasting and Prayer. In this book, Piper says this, Christian fasting at its root is the hunger of a homesickness for God. Half of Christian fasting is that our physical appetite is lost because our homesickness for God is so intense. The other half is that our homesickness for God is threatened because our appetite is so intense. In the first half, appetite is lost. In the second half, appetite is resisted. All of us at some point or another have skipped a meal whether it was on purpose or not, chances are that by the next meal time, you started to feel hunger on a much higher and more intense level than you otherwise would have. Now maybe you skipped a meal because of stress, or you were in meetings all day and couldn't break away for lunch, or maybe the kids were dragging you around all day and you lost track of time. Or there could be a multitude of other reasons. You may not have thought of anything else in that moment or during that day except getting to the next thing. And when the hunger hit you, you then went to go and find something to eat. This skipping of a meal didn't necessarily prompt you to draw closer to God or to think about him. The skipping of a meal wasn't a part of your plan for the day because if we're honest, there's a lot of really good food out here, right? You know, I mean, there's, you got it. After church, brunch on Sundays, right? Maybe you want to try meat-free Mondays, or one of my favorites, Taco Tuesday. Anybody a Taco Tuesday person? Yeah, there we go, Taco Tuesday. Or if you got the app, Chick-fil-A, been giving some free food on Wednesdays. That's been a good time. Maybe get your veggies in on Thursdays, and, you know, Fish Fry Fridays. Lent's coming up, right? So maybe you started some fish fries a little early, and then who likes pizza on Saturday? Pizza on Saturday, on the weekend, get some pizza. It's a real good time. And then, you know, there's some of y'all... After church today, you plan on going to Kane's just because Chick fil A ain't open, man. Look, so I know some of you are hungry right now, and if you've heard me preach before, you're excited because you know I don't preach as long as Pastor Carlos, which means you are going to be able to get out of here sooner and go get something to eat. Our hunger for food drives us to do so many things day in and day out. And though some of us may choose to fast for health reasons or for weight loss purposes, the kind of fasting that we're talking about here in our Relentless series is the kind of fasting that ignites the hunger and flame of a passionate pursuit of Jesus Christ. As Piper said, Christian fasting at its root is the hunger of a homesickness for God. Raise your hand real quick if you ever felt homesick. Okay, all right? Do you remember what that felt like? Do you remember how all your thoughts shifted to how you can figure out ways to get home faster? There's a comedian on social media named Randy Pyron. He's absolutely hilarious. He's a black man and he does these videos where he'll call out five things that black people will do in certain situations or circumstances. This week, I happened to see one about what black people do when we're ready to go home. So there was the, you know, you get up out of your seat, you start stretching real quick, like, yeah, you know, got to, all right, I'm ready to get moving here. Or, you know, you pull out your phone and you start acting like you're checking messages, but you're really looking at the time because you're ready to be out of this place. You got to see how much longer you got here. Or, you know, maybe you pull your keys out, you start jingling them really, really hard, like for no reason. Um... Or you could do the, the thing where, you know, maybe you went somewhere with somebody, and now you want, you want to enter into this fake politeness mode. You go over to where the person is, you say, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I'm ready to go when you are. I'm, yeah, I'm ready to go when you are. <laughs> and then the last one was, you know, you just you start complaining about, man, I got to do all these things still this day, da, 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 you know, and I, I still want to get to sleep on time. And <laughs> I'm watching this, and I'm thinking to myself, I have done all of them. (laughs) I have done all of them at one point in time, especially as I have become more introverted in some aspects, I can really resonate with wanting to go home, feeling that homesickness. In fact, my wife Crystal knows me well enough to the point that what used to be a full question from her of, are you ready to go, with a reply from me of, I've been ready to go. It's now turned into shorthand where she'll look at me and she'll say, ready? And I'll look back at her and I'll say, Ben. (laughs) And then we're on our way. (laughs) The desire to get home gets so strong at a point that I'm just done. No matter where I'm at, I'm ready to move things away and get home. Fasting as believers, Christian fasting... This spiritual discipline of fasting is about your homesickness for God being so high that you are willing to do anything to get to him. As such, you'll gladly sacrifice food if it means more of Jesus. As we think about why fasting matters, we need to remember it pushes us closer to God. In our main passage, we can see that Esther really believed the Jews needed to be pushed closer to God because she asked them in verse 16 to fast for three days and three nights from food and drink. They needed God so much, they couldn't consume anything. Now, to our second question. What prompts you to fast? If you're not familiar with the book of Esther, you might be wondering what prompted this fast? In chapter 3, we see King Ahasuerus promoted one of his officials named Haman to essentially be his second in command. He put him over all the other officials in his authority. And with this promotion, the king said, everybody needs to bow down to Haman. And a gentleman by the name of Mordecai would not do such a thing. Mordecai was a Jew and Esther's cousin and adoptive parent. When Haman found out that Mordecai would not bow and that he was a Jew, he became furious and decided he'd seek out to punish not just Mordecai, but all the Jews on account of Mordecai. He devised a plan to kill the Jews with a bounty, and he told it to the king. And the king told Haman, do to the Jews as you see fit. Mordecai learned of this, and it sent him into mourning which is then how Esther found out about the plot against her people. And you might be wondering why this was even possible, because Esther was herself a Jew, and she was the queen at the time. But earlier in the book of Esther, Mordecai instructed Esther to keep her identity as a Jew a secret, as she was being considered amongst a vast group of women to be the next queen. And still to this point, the fact that she was a Jew was unknown. The fasting that we see here in Esther was prompted by a threat on the lives of God's people. God's people needed him to intervene on their behalf in this situation. We see across the scriptures many instances of God intervening on behalf of his people, but a desire for him to intervene is not the only thing that has prompted fasting in the Bible. Fasting was a regular part of worshiping the Lord in the temple. Mourning the loss of loved ones prompted people to fast. Abstaining from unclean food prompted people to fast. Think about a Daniel fast. In Acts, they prayed and fasted for new elders. Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights while receiving the Ten Commandments from God, and Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights while he was being tempted in the wilderness by Satan. The need for repentance prompted fasting from the Israelites on the Day of Atonement. A recognition of a need to humble yourself before the Lord is what prompts the need or desire to fast. Somebody passed away? I need to humble myself before the Lord because even though it wasn't my plan, God's plan is perfect. Needing clear direction about a task or a decision point that you have, I need to humble myself before the Lord and be transformed by the renewing of my mind, as Romans 12 talks about, so I can seek his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Going to war with the enemy, I need to humble myself before the Lord and remember that man shall not live by bread alone, but by the very word of God, so I can open up my Bible and I can put on the armor that we hear about in Ephesians 6. Seeking healing for somebody, I need to humble myself before the Lord because he is the great physician and he can heal anybody he chooses and I am but a man. Yeah. How many of you know that Proverbs 18.22 says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. <laughs> Amen. There we go. Yes. So as I was preparing this sermon, Crystal in her wisdom and discernment said to me, when was the last time you fasted? Okay. (laughs) Knowing how hectic things have been for me lately, she noted that fasting these last few days before Sunday could give me the clarity and centeredness that I needed to be fully present here before you all this morning, especially since fasting was a topic. (laughs) She told me that she had been praying over me concerning this. And guess what, y'all? She was right. (laughs) I needed to humble myself before the Lord in order to accomplish all the tasks that were before me and to be truly and fully present here with you all this morning. I was prompted to fast by the encouraging words from my wife. Husbands listening to this right now, do not miss the grace of God that comes to you through your wife. I'm incredibly thankful for how God has spoken to me in this time of fasting. And I am equally thankful that I'm going to get to eat soon. (laughs) (laughs) Now for our third question, when do you fast? For our Jewish brothers and sisters, they'll cite Old Testament texts speaking to a 10-day fast that begins with what we know as Rosh Hashanah and ends with what we know as Yom Kippur or the date of atonement. While Christians are not obligated to observe these moments, at Refresh, we do have a life group called Biblical Holidays that you can find on the app. And just this past September, they celebrated these days and they fasted together. Another prominent fast is Lent, which is coming up quickly this year, y'all. It's starting on Valentine's Day, February 14th. This period is typically observed most strictly by those in the Catholic denomination, and it starts on Ash Wednesday and ends on Easter Sunday. It was meant to be a reminder of the value of repentance. Lent is a tradition that was developed, though. It's not commanded in the Bible. So we still have the question of, when do you fast? When you look at the examples in the Bible, you'll see the main answer to this question is, as soon as possible. (laughs) Rarely is there any significant delay when the need for fasting arises. But let's break down as soon as possible into subcategories that kind of make it a little bit more tangible here. So consider our main text today. Esther didn't delay the decision to call her people to fast, nor did she ask them to wait for a few days before beginning the fast. She called them to fast for three days and three nights for all food and drink. There was no time to waste. When we are afraid for our lives, that's the time to fast. Another time to fast is for recovery from sickness. In Psalm 35 verses 11 through 13, David talks about how malicious witnesses came against him and repaid his good with evil, and it hurt him. But even though it hurt him, when those people were sick, he wore sackcloth and he fasted and prayed on their behalf. We see not only did he fast in response to their sickness, but he fasted for people who were his enemies. It's hard enough to fast for ourselves, let alone the group of people that we consider ourselves to be part of. And here we have God showing us that we can stop looking for Robitussin or leave that Tylenol alone when 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 we're thinking about sick folks, and we can just fast for our sick enemies. In 2 Samuel chapter 1, we see fasting as an immediate response from David and his men when they learned about the deaths of Saul, Jonathan, and other Israelites that had died in battle. In Joel chapter 2, God calls his people to return to him to repent with fasting, weeping, and mourning. That's a call to do those things right then and there, not to wait. So death and repentance are two more times when we should fast. I mentioned earlier how fasting helped me to be here with you all fully present this morning. And God definitely showed up during this time, y'all. And so most of you know that I'm a bivocational pastor, and some of you know that in my corporate America job, there are some things going on that I have really earnestly been seeking the Lord about. Well, during the fasting that I was doing to prepare for today, not only did God speak to me about this message, but he also showed me that while I'm looking into answers for him for my corporate America situation, that I need to take that next step and fast as I'm seeking his direction. He helped me see that I need to further humble myself and seek clear direction from him through fasting. So, another subcategory is fasting for clear direction. So, then to our last point here, point four probably focuses on the most practical aspect of fasting. How do you fast? How do you fast? I've mentioned one of these verses already, but I'm going to expand that a bit and reference this context as well here. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, Jesus says this to his disciples. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may be seen by others, or may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you fast for the very first time and hunger starts to hit you, it becomes very easy to start showing outwardly that something's going on inside. Jesus here is pointing out that the way to go about fasting in in regards to your physical outward demeanor Is not to put on a show for others, because if you do that, you're missing the mark. Fasting doesn't require you to appear dejected, but rather, Jesus is saying here, when you fast, clean yourself up. Still be as presentable as you would if you weren't fasting. He even says, anoint your head. I don't know how many of y'all have ever anointed your head. I've never anointed my head ever. I don't know how I would begin to anoint my head. But he says, anoint your head. Your fasting doesn't need to be seen or known by any other human because God knows. And because he loves you as his son or daughter, he will reward you as well. Now, this doesn't mean that fasting has to be done individually. You can only ever fast by yourself. And some of the verses that I've mentioned today, we've seen people fasting together. If we think back to our main passage, Queen Esther asked all the Jews to fast together. And we fasted before together as a church as well. And if I think about it a little bit, I'm sure there's a lot of people in this room who have either been part of a group fast before or seen a group of people fast before. But in that group setting, how you fast still matters. Can you imagine our church body collectively fasting and all we're doing publicly is groaning and complaining about how tough the fast is? our representation of Jesus would be poor at best. We can and we should be able to fast in such a way that those not fasting along with us have no idea. When the period of fasting is over, then we can come together and share about what the Lord has done in our lives. In closing, we've talked about four questions tied to fasting. So I'm going to give you those questions, then the answer for those questions here real quick. Why does fasting matter? Fasting matters because it pushes you closer to God. What prompts you to fast? A recognition of a need to humble yourself before the Lord. When do you fast? As soon as possible. And how do you fast? In such a way that nobody who encounters you would ever know that you are withholding something from yourself. But now, family, it's time for us to take the next step in our relentless pursuit of Jesus Christ. As a church, our mission is to plant, root, grow, and multiply. God has been moving and working in and through the leaders of this church and making it clear to us that he is going to have us focus in on multiply a lot more than we have thus far. So this coming Wednesday, the 24th, myself and the other pastors are calling the church to a church-wide fast. The purpose of this fast is to humble ourselves before the Lord as we seek seek to heed his calling to multiply in service, both in our church and in the community around us, in the various forms that may take. So here are the details of the fast, y'all. When does the fasting start? It starts Wednesday morning, right when you wake up, okay? Wednesday morning, right when you wake up, boom, fasting begins. What are we fasting from? We are going to fast from food. All right. Now some of you hear that and you may be thinking, "Man, I have, you know, some sort of health or physical condition that prevents me from removing food for the entire day." Completely and totally understand that. My encouragement and my challenge to you would be see if you can find a subset of food that you can withhold yourselves from that day. Maybe it's withholding sugar that day, maybe it's withholding caffeine. And if food can't be fasted from at all, then I want you to fast from social media. Okay? What are we fasting for? We are fasting for clarity on how God wants us to engage and multiply as part of this church. And when does the fast end? The fast ends at our member meeting that evening at 6 p.m. All right? If you're not a member and you're joining us in this fast... You can end the fast at 6 p.m. as well. And the next time that we see you in person, I want to hear about how the Lord spoke to you on that day. All right? It's going to be a great time, y'all. It's going to be a great time. So let's collectively push closer to God this Wednesday, y'all. And as you go through the day, when you feel the hunger arise, take that moment to pray for clarity on how to engage and multiply. Or... Take that moment to sit in silence and stillness and receive from the Lord his instruction on how he wants you to engage. Or if either of those don't seem as appealing, sit there and open up your Bible and take a look at some passages related to serving to nourish your spirit in ways that you can actively participate in the multiplication that the Lord is calling us to. Does that sound good, y'all? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, come to you right now, thanking you for this morning, thanking you for this moment, thanking you for the desire that you placed within us here at this church to pursue you relentlessly. And God, as we seek to fast, to Find out exactly how it is that you want us to multiply, God. I just pray for each and every person here, whether it's that first time that they fasted or they've been fasting many, many times, Lord, that they just push closer to you. And God, I pray that you would meet us this Wednesday. And Lord, I can't wait to hear how you've been speaking to your people when we come back together. All these things we pray in your name. Amen. to have a time of response now. We're going to have some leaders up here at the front. If you have any questions about what we just talked about here regarding fasting, please come and talk to one of our leaders. If you have questions about Jesus and want to know more about him, please do not delay. We want to talk to you about him. And maybe you have any other concern or prayer request. we would love to just speak with you and pray with you. Please don't wait. The altar is open.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. We pray this message has impacted you in a meaningful way. If you want to know more about how Jesus can change your life, we would love to connect with you further. Send an email to hello at refreshcommunity.church or come visit us at 829 North Hanley Road in University City, Missouri. Be sure to subscribe and share the podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening and see you next time.